South Africa. Shout out to Carl Wood. It's the ever so cool euphonic. Yo, this is Will Clark. What's up? It's your boy Shimza. This is Caster from uh, Crazy White Boy. Hey, what's up, guys? This is James Deacon, and you're listening to After Hours with Kyle Wood. As if we're not happy to have Kyle back. Hey, what up, everybody? It's Jay Something, and you're listening to After Hours with my brother Kyle Wood. Hi, this is Blanca Mazimela from Bantuanas. You are listening to After Hours with Kyle Wood. Welcome, this is After Hours, Season 2, Episode 3, Blanca Mazimela from Bantuanas. We're chatting about his most recent achievements in the music industry, how 2020 has treated him, how his massive kickstart to 2021 has been going, what his plans are for 2021, some exclusive news as well somewhere in the podcast. You're going to have to have a listen right through for some really big news about some really big releases still to come. We also chat about his relationship with Soul Candy, Ryan Murgatroyd, Get Physical, and his most recent releases on Kunia, Shims's record label, as well as the In Silence EP on Bantuanas Collective as Bantuanas. Enjoy. Blanca Mazimela, what is up, man? Firstly, congratulations on the past few months over last year and kicking off January the way that you have as well. How are you doing? What's happening? Yeah, man. I mean, I think the the the, the one thing was, um, I mean, the content, once the content that was released last year was done in 20, 2019. Um, and the the content was sort of like just pushed into the right places and stuff in 2020. And obviously the release strategies worked very well last year. Um, but it's it's still a, it's still a, it's still a weird thing to just try and adapt to releasing music without getting to perform it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, like getting because because last year we did we did I did two two EPs with Get Physical. Uh, mm. I did the Africa Gets Physical comp, and then I did another EP uh, at the end of the year with Kunye. And we also released uh, an EP with Bandwanas, and we just released one uh, a week ago um, with Bandwanas. So that's there's been a lot of music that's been moving uh, around, but no nowhere to to actually uh, demo and hear you know the actual thing and see the people responding to all this released music yeah that's what i wanted to find out like how how's your like how how's it felt putting music out without having to to get any sort of reaction from from people first you know a lot of the time djs played unreleased music at sets at festivals and you got a vibe for how it was received now everybody's yeah. in the same boat of like okay cool we're making this music in isolation but how are people actually going to be taking it <laughs> That's that's I think that's the one of the, the the weirdest things. I mean, any artist has to probably no one called a script with that, you know. Um, and trying to adapt, I think for me more than anything, I think I've seen the response obviously on social media, in the sense that you know, for instance, on Instagram, people would tag you while playing the song in the car and stuff. So it just means that it, it went to the people, but it didn't go in the in the to, to the level that I obviously anticipated it in going. But still, I mean, reach is reach. And as long as there's someone out there that's connecting with the music and that's connecting with with all of that. But it 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 was sort of like a big lesson in terms of, you know, 
how the future would look like, you know. I mean, obviously, it's the first of our generation to experience such a such a pandemic, and in such a way that this pandemic is is something that you know we've learned to adapt and to sort of navigate and move around it. Still, not the same way that we'd normally do, but I think, you know, for me, it just made me just relook at my social media and how I obviously get you know, um, my, the information that I want to get through to the people through social media and making use of that. And Blanca, tell me, um, how has the adjustment to online performances changed your perception of how music is appreciated, perceived, and overall received in 2020 and 2021? One of the biggest things that I, that I saw was that we did, when we did the, the Get Physical Comp, I went home to the Eastern Cape and we did this whole thing of the, of the like a homecoming um, live stream at home uh, in front of the, in front of the crowd. Uh, it was an outdoor thing. It really got like proper, proper, um, you know, response from, from a lot of people. Um, there's one post where there was over like a thousand shares on that post and over, I think it over 3000 likes and stuff. Jeez, I'm sure it hit home for a lot of people. Um, to the sense that, I mean, uh, a lot of, some, some of the Kings from the Eastern Cape then approached me after that to be like, look, can we have more of this? Can you, can you actually start doing more of this type of stuff? Cause this is content that is obviously speaking to to the people about who we are and all of that stuff. But it was good to launch something like that in Berlin. Um, also for the people around that side to also see what really happens in Africa, you know, and and just for them to just have a clear picture of what, you know, for me, that's what Africa Gets Physical uh, meant. You know, it had to be something that is more authentic. It's really showcasing what Africa is and what we do in Africa and the music that we obviously make in Africa and stuff. So, I mean, that's when I was like, okay, cool. Maybe social media, you know, because I was used to playing quite a lot. Um, now it's obviously trying to readjust and readapt this uh, for social media. That That is such a key thing because so many artists have either just gone stagnant and they've left it and, uh, just gone off the radar or they're using it to their advantage, which I think um, apart from how devastating the situation is, I think it is also uh, an opportunity where people that aren't out and experiencing the music in one way, they're experiencing the music in another way, which is a more intimate way where they can actually tie in and connect with the music on a way more intimate level than just out and socially. So like you said, with that video where you did a live stream, I think part of why it probably would have done as well as it did is that the fact that people could actually consume it in the sense of like there's there's something more to the music that's being made than just having it be a soundtrack to a festival that's out, you know. So there are their pros, there are their cons um, with the situation, but from, from a creative side like yourself, I, I think there is some, some aspect of reward that's, that came through and still to come with how how the music is being received. Dude, tell me a bit about how um, Africa Gets Physical and the connection to Get Physical came about. Um, was, was it an interest in their, in their, on, on their side where they wanted to get involved in showcasing this, the sound of Africa, for lack of a better term? The, the, my whole story with, with Africa Gets uh, Physical started with, um, I think it was volume one, um, 
so Ryan did the first edition. And in the first edition, I had a track there that I released. It's just called Pezulu. Um, the track then went to do well from the comp. Like it was, I mean, obviously the comp gets sent out to the tastemakers and all of the stuff. And quite a lot of the tastemakers all around the world um, were also like, you know, it was one of the track that was picked out by a lot of people uh, from the promo list and all of that. So then obviously get physical asked me to just to just get an ep of that track as a standalone after the comp was released so that's when my journey with get physical started um we then then we did uh volume two which was done by kususa um we also i also had a track on there and funny enough in 2019 i was just collecting music um and the music that I was collecting was from these guys that are like, I just wanted some unreleased music uh, from a lot of guys from around the country. Um, so I had this bank of music and then December close, I think it was November or December in 2019 um, get physical was like, look, how would you feel about doing um, the next comp? And the, no, normally it takes about a year for the guys to do the comp, close to a year, uh, if not more. Um, but I had, I think I had like 10 or 12 tracks already, you know, that was unsigned, unreleased, just in my arsenal, you know. So when they when they came up to me, I was like, okay, cool, guys. How about I send you just some SoundCloud private links and then we can take it from there. And funny enough, all of the 12 tracks were like, okay, we're selecting these. You know, so the comp was done. I think it was done in a space of two months because the music was ready, you know. Um, and then we had it planned with, you know, with some releases, release some EPs first and then um, to release the comp after the EPs. So we selected, um, I got, I had, geez, I had, like I said, 2019, I had a lot of songs. I still do, but I had so much songs that, when someone asks me for music, I'd send them them about six songs. You have to just select which songs you want from that. So it was the same case with the physical when they wanted to release um, the EPs. I just sent them a lot of music and they were like, okay, let's release uh, these and then separate these into two EPs. And then we'll get a third EP, um, which was Tandy Dry's EP. Um, and then we'll get a fourth, I think there was five EPs before. So it was myself, it was Tandy, it was DJ Clock, and then it was Ryan. So they all released music that was obviously exclusive to the comp as singles. And then we obviously released the comp then afterwards. So, and I think also, like, I mean, it, it's just, I think I've also been behind the scenes. I mean, working with Ryan in the first comp um, and then working with Kususa in the second comp. So I've sort of clued up in terms of, how that whole comp is then put together, what is needed and all of that stuff and what type of sound, you know, that Get Physical is looking for in terms of the Africa Get Physical, um, you know, side. So it was easier for me to really then, you know, get the music ready that is sort of going to be aligned with, you know, what Get Physical is looking is is looking for. So, yeah, like, I mean, it's probably one of the, I, don't, I still don't believe that it was, it was done in that, in that, in that, like space of time and obviously we were supposed to release in March and then COVID was happening. So they postponed it. Um, and then 
as you know, we were trying to adapt to a lot of things, I think that's when all the ideas also then came about in terms of how do we get this across to the world and how do we make people see, you know, what Africa is and what's happening in Africa, you know. And and, and the, the flurry of music that's been across those three and especially this one that you've done uh, as soon as it came out and I actually haven't had another listen to it before chatting to you and the, the like the selection process for you must have been quite tough as well because like you said, you had uh, like a bank of music that was ready to go and were you quite ruthless in the sense that okay cool I've got this I'm keeping it this way and we'll we'll keep whatever's to come for a later stage because the music I mean especially over this period artists are generally in- introverts at nature and I'm sure this this time where everybody was forced to their own confinement kind of allowed people to make even more music than ever before yeah look i think i think more than anything um it would the 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 process of just putting it together was for each artist that i then approached was to say look i know you've got a lot of music but please give me the top three tracks that you just are like okay these are my you know these are my my bullets whatever i'm i'm really banking on these I need those top three. So most of the guys were sending me some of their like like their top top stuff to a point where I mean artists would have two hot songs or three hot songs, but you then have to select the one because <laughs> yeah. you can obviously only have one. But I really think it it also I mean reinforced a lot of things about just the relationship um, with certain guys, and I was I was also very much looking for for guys that that are really unknown, you know, like, um, I mean, there's obviously some, some guys like your clocks, your mm. Carrie soul is also on there. Um, uh, Tandy dry, Ryan Nogatroid is all, also on there, but there's a lot of guys that are also new of releasing music. Even, you know, there's a guy called Shivers from Botswana, you know, and he makes some, I don't know what to call it, but it's just some, some nice stuff. We've got, we've got a, another guy called Jam, Jamlud. Um, he also makes some, some nice stuff. So it was just a nice balance of having heavy hitters with some new guys, but also to just put them on the same platform. Oh, 100%. That's how it's going to go now, you know, where now it's more about showcasing, you know, different sides to what, you know, to what Africa is. And I mean, it's, it's such a cool thing to be in that, in that, you know, in that chat when it comes to, you know, how labels are now looking into the future and how labels are now looking into, you know, just increasing the footprint, but also being sincere about, you know, what they're looking for as the end result. Obviously every label wants to sell music and stuff. It's always been something that I've, as I as I've grown in the in the industry and stuff, it's always been something that I've really just seen that okay, maybe I'm just meant to be the guy that would find you know these types of musicians and just bring them out from their from their corners and then just bring them out to to certain spaces and just push them in that that particular direction and stuff. Yeah, you say that, and then you release an EP like a Gassy EP on Kunye. That is, and that 
that just speaks for itself as and that's as, that's as blank and then you you speak of yeah cool being behind the scenes but then those two tracks and then obviously the remix as well those come out and those those blew my socks off the especially normally the, the second record on that ep tell me a bit about that because like i was drawn to that more so in particular just with how it was different and went astray into like this progressive build-up that you've got going on there where you you kind of find that pairing these two records together for the for the release uh must must have been quite interesting in itself because you, you can hear and feel so many different inspirations coming together with within this ep of firstly mm. the music that you you champion yourself the music that you've been around throughout the years of your involvement in the scene with the soul candy institute of music with uh, working with Ryan for so many years as well, you know this. This I find was was just such a super interesting take on different elements from various genres of the electronic side coming together into one. I think I think more than anything, it was also for me a step out of my shell. Mm. Um, so I mean, the music that I've made um, through the years was was really more about you know just. I don't want to say playing it safe, but it was more, you know, not for the for the dance floor, for example. Like for for instance, um, normally for me was more about just saying, look, this is just for the floor, and mm. this is just for the for the underground floor, like in a dark, dingy club <laughs> where you know. And the funniest thing was in December, I was doing the the, the swoon showcase in um, an and club. Yeah, and yeah, that was that was one of the tracks. Not one, actually. It's probably the the track that just literally blew the whole floor out. Really, like, really, <laughs> like proper. You know, uh, it's such a journey that record, man. And that's the thing. Like, like every time I played it um, before, I was always you always have this thing that. You know what? People people either need to. It's like a track that just lets loose of every single thing, and it's just what it is. Like it's the the hard hitting track that if you've got a proper sound system, you'll hear that song, and it will translate very well there because it's just made for like a turbo sound function one type of sound system that's gonna have all the levels in terms of clarity it's gonna it's not a it's not a like a club not a, not a i don't want to say it's a club record uh but it's definitely for like a, a festival an underground festival where obviously people are just like into the music you know yeah, so yeah. yeah and and it's when the DJs are all on the dance floor and they and and they they're starting to appreciate the music that's being played yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> without with a doubt and i think for me, it was just about making sure that 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 record is just as is. You know, I didn't want any vocals, nothing on it. It was just it just it's the weirdest thing. It's always the the B side that, for some reason, mm. you know, people really connect with more. I mean, obviously, the other track with Olusha was was cool, but every time I play that track, and I'm, even at at the last gig that I did was at Summit uh, Rooftop in Mendlin, and that was the last song on my set. And again, <laughs> it was the exact same response. And moving on to the most recent 
um, developments on your side with Bantwanas. Give give it just give give me a short bit of a background on um, Bantwanas and how it's progressed over the years because it's it's been around, it's been a movement, and then there's the Bantwanas Collective in which these releases have been released on. But behind the scenes and on a smaller scale years ago versus to how it's progressed into Bantwanas that it is now. How's that journey been for you? So I think I think in the beginning, um, I mean, I had because because I've shared the studio with Ryan for some for so long. I mean, we we would end up on say on the same projects. You know, I'd start a project, for example, um, and then he'd like it, and he'd be like, "Listen, um, please leave me the, the project file. I want to work on this also." Um, and then obviously, I mean, the the vocalists and the people that. Um, I've been working with was the same people that Ryan would also use. For instance, um, I remember when Ryan was doing, what's the song? Ikalimba, you know, yes, um, yeah. there's vocals there on there that um, are from the guys that are on Bantwanas, you know. Um, so his first recordings of Ikalimba had like a choir vocal and stuff, you know. And so that whole thing just sort of started leaning between myself and him where we'd sort of I'd bring in a vocalist he'd want to jump or he'd want to record something with that vocalist and I think that's how we got it into just being like listen let's just get let's just get a group that because we're working with the same people and most of the time you know I mean the styles are similar you know the taste is also similar so why don't we just you know, work with these these guys, bringing these these guys into studio, record, and all of this stuff, and just make it into a thing. Which was which was funny because that was never the 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 intention in the beginning. But then we just, I mean, the guys, everyone just started gelling together. I mean, Ryan started doing his live shows. Um, with his live shows, he'd get the same vocalists that we'd use. I mean, when we started doing the Black Coffee Residency, for example, he was using, he was working quite a lot with chorus. Um, so it then just built up into this thing where it's like, okay, cool, maybe we can just do this thing, you know, all together and just get like a full on live experience, you know. Um, and yeah, like there's a story about that whole thing. Um we, I think it was our first live show, not our first, one of our first big live shows. And we're doing the, the, the residency at Shimmy with Black Coffee. And we were doing our live, um, uh, we were doing our sound check, mm. you know. So with Bantuanas, I mean, the whole stage, there's like a full on stage. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's close to 10 guys on stage at a time. Um, so we've got a guitarist, we've got a drummer, we've got um, a pianist, we've got five vocalists. That it's are an, it's an insane so showcase. Like, it's crazy, man. So it's like a full on, it's like a full on showcase. But also I think that the biggest thing about that is it really sticks to, you know, the, the whole electronic uh, music feel. So it still is like a DJ set, but it's just basically you've got live acts now performing what you'd normally see a DJ playing, you know. Um, so anyway, fast forward to that. Um, so we're doing the the, the, the sound check um, and we're supposed to perform, I think we're supposed to open just before, uh, just before coffee. And um, Greg came and was like, guys, we can't have this. 
This is a full art show. <laughs> like it's 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 hectic and it's, it's really going to steal the show. <laughs> it's going to steal the show, you know. But I thought it was a joke in the beginning. We really thought it was a joke. And then no, Greg was like, no, guys, like this thing is going to steal that's, the show. That's you guys the best have, compliment you could get. Of, hey? <laughs> of, yeah, man. Like, And then, I mean, over, over the years, it's, it's obviously developed into us getting into studio fully and, and really just now focusing on it and getting the music. Again, 2019, most of the Montana's content that's coming out now was done in 2019, you know, um, and it was done, finished, put in a shelf there so that when we get ready to release, you know, we've got music ready to release and stuff. And I mean, there's a lot of stories about how our content, last year was supposed to release, uh, two years ago, 2019 was supposed to release an album. Um, and we had content, right? And then all the I dream comes and listens to all the whole album. Yeah. And they're like, we're gonna take six songs from this album and <laughs> we wanna release this 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 stuff on all the I dream, which was a which was a plus. I mean, it was a cool compliment again that okay, our music really is, you know, there's something about the music that we're making also, apart from the live show now. You know, there was there was something that people were really interested in, particularly labels and stuff. So we then obviously had to go back and be like, okay, now we have to start from over again with the content for the album, which we still are putting together. Um, hopefully this year, yeah. Hopefully this year, I think, is the year where we get the full on Bantana's album. Yeah, I, 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 always, I always ask artists of like, what, what is that one desktop folder that is full of records that never see the light of day until you actually start going through them and be like, okay, cool. This one can be set up onto this album. This one can be released here. I mean, you must have a bank of music, man. There's a there's a huge bank of music. Like I I, I literally have a call with, <laughs> with Jared probably three, four times a day. And and it's always about okay, because because now I mean I I don't know if I can announce, but we've got releases coming up, for example, on on Juna. Wow. Um we've got releases coming up on All Day I Dream, we've got releases coming out on obviously the Montana's Collective. Um, and that's just because we've, we've, we were able to send <laughs> all this music to these people. And, and the funniest thing is that even the remix, the remixes, like we've got the, the current release, the In Silence release, um, where Tim Engelhart was, uh, did a remix, uh, of the track. And they also, like a lot of guys buy into this thing, into the sound that we're making. For me, it's just too good to be true at times because it's like, it's like I always ask myself, like, what? No, it can't be true that that someone is like keen to really just do something or do a remix of the song, and they really like the song, you know. And and you can you can tell you can tell how much they they like the song and how invested they are when they put something together like Tim did remixing in silence. Yeah, it was so complimentary to to the original and like a full on like for me like obviously it was. The name in the beginning, but then when I heard the remix, I was like, no, this guy really got into it. Like the Completely. song really connected Completely. with him, you know? And it's probably the most amazing part of it because sometimes people do remixes just because someone asked them for a remix. But then some sometimes people really give their heart into a song and you can really tell that 
they were really uh, sort of like meticulous about how they do this particular remix. It's not just a remix to them. It's 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 also a part of their body of work and stuff. So what Tim did with with this remix, like I mean, it's, it's it still blows me away. Yeah, and and don't you find it's 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 so amazing that all these artists that are living in this ecosystem, especially here in South Africa, that are branching out into these much bigger spaces and countries and platforms and different labels. They're all kind of in their own lane in terms of their sound, but all stick to it and and at the same time by staying true to to their sound that it's it's finally paying off and like like the music that's that's been coming out of south africa and it's been coming out of soul candy all those years ago and how the guys have just stuck through it yourself for example and have just pushed with with a specific sound and it's now finally i find like like it's all eyes on africa and all eyes in south africa where it's it's not just being dubbed as okay it's a style of house but it, it it's been being dubbed as the quality that comes from it not not the sound mm-hmm. but the quality is mm-hmm. is on par if not even better with some of the international releases that are coming out which i find is amazing and it's it's i mean you tell me briefly like and, and i know this from from years of um, being involved with Soul Candy as well is how you've been involved behind the scenes with so many artists and from your side I'm sure it must be so rewarding to see that the artists that you either push, champion and work with and mould to to get to this point must must be quite quite a feat for you. Look it's it's, it's probably the best reward to, to, to walk into a gig um, to walk into a gig and to have either a student of yours, you know, playing the pitch set, you know, and you can see that this person has really come a long way. And to either hear a student that you were really saying, look, you you really need to push with this music thing because you really got an ear and you've got the, the natural talent and all of that stuff. And finding them releasing, you know, music. Um, and yeah, like it's, it's just one of the things. I mean, for instance, a guy like, as well um when he was based in cape town when we were still in greenpoint in cape town he used to spend a lot of time uh, at our greenpoint studios and he was still under the name of kylo then um but when he moved to joburg and then he started the whole jazz well thing and it was just so amazing to see these people that you know were coming into the space and were sharing the space when they start doing all these 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 big things it's just very rewarding to watch i mean you've got another guy like dawson for example who's mm. one of our students also um and seeing what his his he's become you know over the years and how he's been sort of patient and consistent and sort of like still trying to get into that space until obviously he got to a point where you know his music was released around the world and i mean he was appreciated all around the world it's it's probably rewarding uh without even trying to promote soul candy but it's it's really just one of the things where i think as an institution we are really you know miles ahead in terms of what the south african landscape of music producers and djs are what are they doing we're speaking to them and we're really getting through to what you know, their talents and exploring and cultivate, not 
like getting their talents and showcasing their talents and stuff you know and i i i obviously i'm i'm like i'm more than you know um honored to be part of a team of people that are really just pushing this whole thing i think for me when the industry gets to a point where you know there's like a certain standard certain level of quality mm, yeah. um there's a certain level of just you know work where the level is is really really high i think we've reached we reaching that point if we haven't reached that point where the music now is 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 measurable against the big heavyweights you know around the world and the spotlight i think this year the spotlight has been on africa but i think it's going to be even more than what it was well, i mean we're going to get the vaccine and all that stuff and we're going to go back to normal i'm hoping you know um but <laughs> but i mean i think the spotlight is really on africa and i mean a lot of these guys are also putting their hands up now and saying okay we want to go now and we want to get you know we want to get our stuff to the world and the world is also appreciating and the weirdest thing like for instance let's going back to the wanwana stuff we released a song called goma i think it was 2 years ago um and the weirdest thing about that song is that it's translating in countries that i've never thought it would mexico is one of the biggest countries that you know supports uh, and listens to the wanwana's music and it's just so weird that you know you thinking that look locally and in south africa but then when you actually see that there's like a bigger picture in the globe and there's people that are hungry for music all around the world it just makes it so much better because we now you know that you know you don't just limit yourself to, to supplying music for south africa but you really just want to be a musician that gets to either release music all around the world and hopefully one day travel and get into these spaces where people are really appreciating their music dude 100% it's been it's i mean i'm i'm going to leave it at that and and and, and also um I, i love how you just like literally lucky mentioned and juna deep releases as well <laughs> <laughs> So I'm 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 pretty sure things are quite tight on that. So um when there is more information we're going to connect again. Thank you man. Thanks for having me man.